0: Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, February the 11th in 2021 on When Our Eyes. We're currently in year B and the Transfiguration Sunday, which is the last Sunday before the season of Lent. And so on Thursdays, we like to take a look at the passage from the Revised Common Lectionary in the New Testament. So this is not the New Testament Gospels, but the New Testament letter text. So we're going to be in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. We spent a lot of time in 1 Corinthians. We're going to slip into 2 Corinthians just for this week and then I think we're going back into first Corinthians next week. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, then we'll spend our time praying along this theme. Hey thanks for making this party morning I win our eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer Second Corinthians chapter four verses three through six. But even if our gospel is veiled It is veiled only to those who are perishing, among whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, so they would not see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, is the one who shined in our hearts to give us the light of the glorious knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the Word of God for us. So I need to confess that I like a really strange movie. At least it seems strange because none of my friends ever seem, when I talk about the movie, they they like it or they even want to watch it. So it's the movie Lars and the Real Girl. And... I remember, like, having some second thoughts before we watched it, but after Ginger and I watched the movie, like, I came away from that movie just thinking this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Now, the premise is strange, and if you just read the, you know, the the verbiage that they give you on Amazon or whatever, like, you're going to say, okay, this is really bizarre, and I really question Joe's judgment on everything in life. But if you just watch it, give it a chance, and watch it to the end, um, you might come away with the same reaction or you might be indifferent that's fine but have you ever been in a situation, situation before where you really are like something you're into something you um, you know you came away from like a movie that you watched or a restaurant that you just really enjoyed or you went to a destination for a vacation and you just couldn't wait to get back home and tell everyone about it and some people like entertained your enthusiasm others really were listening and others just really kind of despondent towards it, and you kind of left going away thinking, why don't they see what I see? Is there something wrong with them? Is there something wrong with me, right? One of the common questions we get in religion is, why don't people see what I see and the faith that I have, right? And we know that on the spectrum of religious practice, you have some who are more demonstrative and some who are more calm and, and private about their faith, but nevertheless, like we... People go through life, and we have a long life, even though uh, at times it feels short, uh, but other times it feels like it just kind of drags on. Um, People have moments where they have what we call maybe a crisis of faith, where they want to rethink everything, or they look at their life, and their eyes are open, and they're like, wow, I have got to make some changes, or man, I've missed this all along, and I need to reorganize my life, and so on and so forth. That's what happens at conversion, right? Like we have this great unveiling, and we just recognize that we're in God's debt, and that we need God to help us. And so the, the question had to be posed to the Apostle Paul again and again. Why do some see and why do some not see? Particularly for Paul, he's a sectarian Jew and he's telling his other sectarian Jews wherever he found himself, we read this in the book of Acts, they need to put their trust in Christ uh, for, in Jesus Christ as Israel's Messiah. And yes, he was crucified and yes, it is a shameful way to die, but the God of the universe like, experienced shameful death in Christ and Uh, Through that we receive salvation and forgiveness of sins. And so people probably were scratching their head. They're probably if (laughs) they're sympathetic towards Paul Wondering if something is wrong with them or why would he believe such crazy things? And so I'm sure that Paul had to try to fill in the blanks. It just seems like some people have their eyes opened and some people they just can't see it and so Paul has to give rationale you know, people ask, why can't they see? These are my loved ones. These are people I, I, I'm close to. Why don't they see what I see? And Paul says, well, one of the reasons is that the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe so that they would not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Paul's saying, and this when he says the God of this age, it's kind of a shorthand way of saying there's forces out there. there's being, There are beings out there that want to... Unwind and undo all the development that God has done in the world around us. That there is an adversary. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10 that He comes to give life and life to the full, but the enemy, the God of this age, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So they're working in opposite ends, uh, the opposite vision statements uh, for the world around us and for every life around us. And so I think this is important for us because we have people in our lives that we know that if they could just experience the faith that we experience, that their life would be better, that they'd become healthy, that they would have a sense of peace, that they would uh, be more comfortable in relationships, that they would manage their finances more, that they would get off their addictions that are steal from their life. So ask ourselves, why don't they see? So this, this informs the way that we can pray. Uh, one of the things that John Wimber, who was a, a pastor and a teacher, and he helped train the church, he says whenever you deal with somebody, whenever you're talking with somebody, counseling somebody, you ask yourself, where is the pain and where did it start? And once you can figure out the pain and when it started and the circumstances around the issue that people are dealing with, then you can pray with more knowledge. We know that, this, according to the Bible, the knowledge is this, is that some people's eyes have been blinded. Uh, that they're victims of being blinded so they can't see Christ. And so our prayers can then be focused that their eyes would be opened. And we don't do this in a judgmental way, like we're on the moral high ground and they're the simple-minded ones who haven't seen and they continue to walk in darkness. No, we come from a place of humility because without the grace of God, uh, we would be blinded too. And so maybe you have a loved one in your life that you're just really perplexed by. they just really want to see them transformed. Well, maybe instead of like sending them, you know, chain emails and, you know, things like that and and posting on all their Facebook walls and getting an argument about faith and religion, maybe we should begin by just asking God that their eyes would be opened and let God do it in God's ways and God's own time. Because it might present a great fruitfulness because God's in control and we're not in control. So I want you to just hold that person in your heart and mind this morning. And I just want to pray a prayer their eyes would be opened, that our network of prayers that get together on this when I rise, that as we hold our loved ones before God's care, that they all would have this great unveiling and that they would see the love that we have found uniquely in Christ. So spend some time praying along that theme this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we think of you that you're a God of power and that when you go searching for somebody, you remove all the hindrances, all the obstacles in their way so that they can make their way through into spacious and gracious places. God, I think that Jesus came uh, not to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy does. But Jesus came to offer life. God, everyone around us is looking for life. We're looking for a lighted place where looking for freedom we're looking for a place where we can breathe deeply and sense a deep peace within ourselves and deep peace with relationships around us and we're looking for a, a great weight that's being lifted off our shoulders uh, we're looking for a true guide and not someone who's going to take advantage of us so god each of us have a loved one today we one that from our observation is bound up and god we don't know their whole story we don't know what's been done to them Uh, decisions that they've made in the past which have yielded maybe some hardships in the present God we don't know what the enemy has used to uh, hinder their progress and to uh, dampen their mood and to cloud their vision and to wage war on their soul and so God we thank you that even though they may be veiled at this moment that they don't always have to be veiled God we confess we were veiled but you set us free And so, God, we pray for our loved ones, the ones that we hold in our heart right now. And, God, I pray that you would allow them to have a veil removed so they could see just how beautiful the name of Jesus is, that they would put their trust and hope in Christ, that they would have salvation and righteousness, that all the blessings and promises of God would be applied to their life, that they would see that they've discovered a life that is truly life. So, God, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we pray for freedom for our friends and for our loved ones. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.